0: The most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman King, 1106 a.m. every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Why do you have any belief that you stand a chance to win this nomination, let alone the presidency? Most of the people that are in elective office in Washington, D.C. have held public office before. How's that working for you? Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. You know we're going to tell you the truth and give you the facts because we want you to be better informed and inspired to help make this a better America. Breaking news. Breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Welcome, Jamie. Hey, Herman. How you doing today, buddy? I'm really interested in what the House is going to vote on relative to two pieces of the Obama health law.
1: Yeah, they are. uh, It's uh, the continuing effort by Republicans, obviously, to take chunks out of the law, and and in their hope, obviously, at some point, replace it completely. Uh, There will be a vote today in the House to get rid of the medical device tax. This is something that has had a lot of bipartisan support, but obviously, if you don't have 60 votes in the Senate, you don't have a Republican in the White House, the chances for getting this done obviously run into some trouble. So this has been approved before. There have been majorities for it before in the Senate, but the Republicans have never been able to get a bill down to the White House. House to actually repeal this medical device tax, which was one of the different ways to raise money for the Obama health law and its implementation. That'll be voted on in the House. I would assume it would get easy bipartisan approval here. There are the votes for it in the Senate, but the Democrats have uh, blocked its action before, and I would think they would probably block it again, but look for Herman if they can get it through here. They'll try to bring it up in the Senate. You know, part of the strategy here for Republicans, and the same when Democrats were in charge, is even if something is going to get slowed down, you want to put the other party on the, you know, on the record about it. The, the GOP, as we've discussed another a number of times, would love to get as many things down to the president and have him veto as many things as possible so they could just keep ticking those off in a laundry list of, you know, the, the problem is not the, the Congress, the problem is not the president. You can hear that argument being made by Republicans. But the Democrats are going to do all they can to uh, frustrate the GOP and stop those bills from getting there. So, step one here in the House today on the issue of the medical device tax. The other thing that the House wants to get, uh, try to get rid of is something called the Independent Payment Advisory Board, IPAB, which is uh, part of the, uh, the health law that has garnered a lot of opposition and, in some ways, a lot of demo- uh, some Democratic opposition as well. I think the plan is to vote on that tomorrow. Now, later today, if I can segue real quick into another health-related story, Herman, right. the, the Republicans, and we've discussed this a number of times, the issue of, okay, what do you do next? on health care. You know, if you don't like Obamacare, you don't like the Obama health law, what do you want to do next? And we've talked about the plans that are out there. But then you have this U.S. Supreme Court decision looming and the possibility that they could rule that, yes, you cannot get subsidies to buy health insurance through healthcare.gov and the talk about, well, what should the Republicans do in the interim? Should they just provide a bridge to keep those subsidies going, say, to the end of the year while they figure something out? Should they come up with their own plan and try to approve it? So uh, the Republicans in the House are going to evidently meet this afternoon to talk about that. Senators, uh, Republican senators also trying to figure out. I would say this, Herman, just like the issue of what the Republicans should do as an alternative to the health law, there's no real agreement within the party right now, and You know, look, uh, if they were to win that court case over the next two weeks, I'm sure the Democrats are going to go on the attack immediately and point the finger at the GOP and say, "Okay, you struck down, you got the court to strike down those subsidies. What are you going to do to help all these people that are losing the money and maybe losing their health insurance as well?
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. Now, the thing about the Republicans having an alternative, I saw an article uh, within a couple of weeks ago where they had actually drawn up, A piece of legislation or they had put down some ideas relative to what they would do uh, instead. Uh, I just think that it's not accurate to continue to say that the Republicans don't have an alternative. They They may have have too many alternatives, they have alternatives. They have alternatives, absolutely right, but I'm not sure they
1: have one that has 218 votes right now to get through the House. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a problem for them because I'm sure the Democrats are going to stand back if they were to lose this court case and sort of say, okay, you guys fix it, show us what you're going to do. Now, at the same time, I think a lot of Republicans would like to turn it back on the Democrats and the administration. And that's why, for example, last week there was a hearing in the House with the, uh, the health secretary, Sylvia Burwell, and Paul Ryan and a number of other Republicans uh, ran her up and down the flagpole by saying, well, what's your plan? And she said, well, it's, it's not our problem, it's your right. problem. And they said, yep. well, no, 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 you, you know, you've yep. got to have a plan. You're the ones who run this thing. What is, uh, what is your plan going to be? So we've had a lot of sort of skirmishing out there with both sides yep. getting ready. And, of course, we don't know what the court's going to rule. They'll have uh, another round of rulings being issued tomorrow and then uh, the next few Mondays. I still think this case is going to come out right at the end, maybe like the
0: 28th or 29th of June. While the Supremes are getting out of town.
1: <laughs> yeah, their, their, their term ends
0: at the end of the month, yep. and they take their summer break, yes. Now, on the medical device tax, a lot of Democrats were supportive of repealing that yes. one because they were catching a lot of heat from their constituency
1: about it. Yeah, and there's several states that have been hit hard. Minnesota is one that pops into my mind immediately, where Democrats have been all over this and a couple of other states as well. Yeah, so this is uh, th- this is definitely a bipartisan kind of thing. Uh, the, the, the issue, again, is you can get this kind of bill through the House I'm not sure you can get it through the Senate because of a filibuster. And then the question is, can you actually get it down to the president to force him to veto it at some point? It could well be you could see this rolled into a package maybe through uh, budget reconciliation later this year that the Republicans would force the president to veto, uh, not only repealing the Obama health law, but
0: these individual taxes as well. I forgot what the Independent Payment Advisory Board does.
1: Um, they They are basically there as a way to, if I remember correctly, look over Uh, the the health law, Medicare, Medicaid, and all these different things to come up with different ideas on ways to save money. And remember, this is sort of the evolution of the death panels and more as to to how, you know, they they would have rulings on what would be covered or what processes would not be. And there's a lot of people who would like to get rid of it, obviously on the Republican side, even some Democrats who have talked about it. Again, I think this is another this is not meant as a mean thing to say. It's another message kind of thing for the Republicans so they can tick off and say, we voted to get rid of this, we voted to get rid of that. I don't see that it has much of a future in the Senate simply because the Republicans
0: don't have the 60 votes they need over there to do what they want. Right. Did, uh, Donald Trump call you and ask for your support? Uh, he did not. Yet. Did he call you? Uh, <clears throat> not not today or yesterday. Oh, really? But maybe before. Okay. I just cleared my throat, Jamie. That's a
1: non-answer, and that's a, what we call a, a non-answer answer, yeah. Well, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he would be out there calling people maybe like you and others. Uh, look, you know, I'll say this about Donald Trump. Uh, he may be a showman. There may be somebody who uh, some people think he's a blowhard. There may be some people think he really doesn't have any place in this. But you know, he knows how to get attention. And he's a businessman and a developer. He may not have a spotless record or anything like that. But he's a guy who knows how to get what he wants. And he knows, I think, how to deal with people. Now, does this translate into a race uh, for president? I guess I would say this. We look back on Ross Perot, 1992. A lot of people thought he was a nut. He shouldn't have been in there and anything like that. But he got a lot of support early on. And
0: yeah. I think
1: mainly because he was not a politician. And he tended to speak sort of uh, straight talk uh, like that. And, but he wasn't seen as somebody that was beholden to political views. And I'm sure there will be a lot of people attracted to the message of Donald Trump simply because he's a straight talker. Uh, yeah, he's a famous name. but he also is not a politician. And and I think that actually will sort of keep Trump around. I mean, look at the numbers in the polls right now. He's going to be on that debate stage in the first debate in Cleveland. I mean, he's going to push off, uh, you know, at least one person who you might think of as a quote-unquote real candidate. Uh, The the odd part will be in that first debate in Cleveland that Trump will be on the stage, but the governor of the state of Ohio, John Kasich, who's probably going to announce soon, he's not going to have the polling numbers to qualify. I don't think so either. And so you'll have that oddity happening there. But, you know, I mean, Look, I, there's room for everybody. And if Trump wants to get in there, I guess the only thing I would think of, if I'm a fellow Republican candidate, you got to sort of treat him with kid gloves. I mean, he could be a live grenade if he wants to go after you and,
0: and run your, his money after you. He could well do that. He could do that, but the other thing that I've noticed already this morning, he's I've seen other candidates on my TV monitors, and the reporters are asking them about what Trump said about this, what Trump said about this. He is basically, he's changing the the dialogue and the discussion for sure of the Republican candidates.
1: Well, and you know, as with anything, I mean, uh, I I think with Jeb Bush getting in, people are going to be asked, what do you think about Jeb Bush with Donald Trump getting in? And then, you know, once we get this field settled, then the race will get a little different, in that you'll have more people doing more events that take little jabs at each other, and then we start to get into, well, uh Senator Cruz, Senator Rubio said this today, what do you think about you know and right. some and yeah. like that, and you know trump let's face it, Trump would be more disposed shall we say, to saying things that are maybe more outlandish or more uh, uh attention seeking than others and there is that sense that then you try to get other people on the record to comment about something that Trump said. And so uh, yeah, and he, look again, he knows how to get the attention of the news media. You and I both know that if he showed up in DC today and held a news conference out on the corner, it'd be jammed with people. Of course. And yet if uh Marco Rubio held a news conference, there's nothing against him. There would be a few cameras there, but it right. wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a wild scene or anything like that. And so, yeah, uh Trump Trump carries a a different
0: A different sort of crew with him, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what he wants to do with it. And, you know, I talk a lot about bold solutions. Well, he's talking bold, and I think that's what is drawing a lot of attention. I mean, it may irritate some people and offend some groups and offend, you know, alienate maybe some potential constituencies and things of this nature, but I gotta tell you, the fact that he's uh, redefining the discussion and the, the narrative amongst the, at least amongst the Republican candidates. Now, we haven't heard from the Democrats yet, but I'm sure we will before this is over with in terms of what do they think about him well, getting into actually, the race? Well,
1: actually, they, they put out a statement yesterday that was um, uh, a jab at the GOP. It was something like, it's good to see that there's a legitimate candidate now in the race for president, or something like that that yeah. they were using to attack
0: the GOP. Oh, yeah. Well, you you know who they want to go up against. Yes.
1: And, you know, the other thing is, we've seen some polling data that's out there, uh, uh, you know, that that shows Bernie Sanders gathering more votes and everything. I'm... I'm, I'm not convinced that he's gaining on Hillary Clinton in the sense that, yes, some no. of his numbers are going up, but I think maybe he's consolidating the anti-Hillary vote or the people who just don't want to vote for Hillary within the Democratic Party more than anything else. Sanders has been able to do what I, I think Martin O'Malley could only have dreamed of at this point in time, and that is get people who are excited. I saw a little note today that Sanders is going to be in, I think he's going to be in, well, he's going to be in South Carolina, wherever it is, I can't remember, and they've moved it from where it was originally going to be to a larger venue because they've had so many people reply that they want Wanted to come to the event. And so it, it's clear this early that Bernie Sanders has been able to sort of become that that uh, that alternative maybe to hillary clinton within the democratic party where where you know whether he can do anything with that or not
0: that's a whole different issue you said that they had a hearing today on the commercial use of drones
1: yeah it's sort of interesting I've been listening in on it and uh imagine this question you know like amazon and these other companies want to deliver stuff to your house by right.
0: drone using drones and
1: of course the faa you know they're all worried because they've got all these questions about how you regulate this and more and what kind of rules well What about if they flew into your neighborhood to drop something at your neighbor's house? Can they fly over your house? Well, the FAA said today, well, they regulate everything 500 feet and above. And so this one uh, lawmaker said, well, what about five feet above my
0: roof to 500? And he said, well, that's the gray area that we're still trying to figure out. I wouldn't want a drone flying over my house delivering somebody else's package because mistakes do happen, you know. You are correct, sir, yes. You got it. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. You're listening to The Herman Kane Show. Breaking news, experience, and insight. Herman Kane brings it to you every day, every day on the radio and at hermankane.com. Well, there's nothing drone about the presidential race now. Your questions on Rapid Fire, 877 310